It is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021, and you are listening to the long-awaited return of Pink is the New Podcast. Now, as you may remember, I took a hiatus from Pink is the New Podcast at the very end of 2019, uh, and then I decided to start a new all-music-oriented podcast called Spooky Electric back in the spring of 2020, which has proven extremely fun and very fulfilling. For the past 10 months, I have been uh, publishing uh, podcast episodes on Spooky Electric on a weekly basis, where I talk about my favorite artists, their music, uh, their albums, their album eras, uh, and I've done it with uh, by myself. I've done it with guests, uh, including uh, my really good friend Austin Riva, who he and I have been talking music uh, the entire duration of our friendship since we first became friends. So um, uh, that's what's been keeping me busy for pretty much the last year. But even still, my love of pop culture commentary has remained uh, very strong within me. Um, you know, as I've mentioned, and as you may know, I used to write a daily pop culture celebrity news blog, Pink is a New Blog, for like 12 years uh, from the early uh, 2000s uh, into the 2010s. So, you know, it's it's very obvious that I am a huge fan of pop culture, and uh, even if I'm not talking about it every single day, uh, for sure I am still um, keeping my eye on it and following my favorite celebrities and, you know, seeing what's going on in their uh, professional lives and in their personal lives. So even though I've been really busy with uh, Spooky Electric, for the past year, um, I have been mulling over how to bring back Pink is the New Podcast in some way. Um, but, you know, honestly, my, my weekly focus has been on my music podcast for the past 10 months. But major events in recent weeks have been heavy on my mind, and I've come to the realization that merely posting short Paragraphs on social media is far too uh, insufficient for me to have my say about these major pop culture stories that are happening. Well, that are they're always happening, um, and generally, when there's something that piques my interest or inspires me to, you know, have my say, I usually go to social media like Facebook or Twitter. But uh, social media uh, has been very uh, disappointing and disillusioning for me because of the way that uh, the, con the conversation has devolved into infighting. So even if you're like on Facebook and you're talking about any particular topic, even with friends, eventually someone will get angry and, you know, someone will take something the wrong way and then it devolves into this back and forth of angry hatred or, and, and, and that is um, something that I'm really not interested in participating in anymore. I got to the point where I uh, took a long break from Facebook for a while and that was a really nice vacation for me, a nice mental vacation for me. 
but ultimately um, you know social media is here to stay and it does have it serves its purposes but uh, for me to be able to exercise my um, desire to have conversations about what I see in pop culture news um, and to you know have my say to give my commentary I decided that I need something more than just, you know, social media paragraphs. And that's when I uh, came to the realization that Pink is a New Podcast can serve that, um, you know, it, it can be that for me. It can be the forum for me to, uh, you know, check in uh, every once in a while, chime in with, you know, my opinions and my commentary on, you know, pop culture news of the day and have that kind of release in a uh, positive and creative way. So um, let's get to the topic that I want to talk about today. And um, let's just go from there. Okay, so... On February 11th, 2021, actress Charisma Carpenter, who starred on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, uh, accused uh, creator Joss Whedon of inappropriate and abusive behavior at work. Charisma claimed that Whedon had abused his power and created a hostile and toxic work environment uh, on both shows that she worked on uh, with for him. Uh, Co-stars Amber Benson and Michelle Trachtenberg then backed her up, while uh, actress Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, also voiced her support, um, stating that she was proud of them for speaking out. So when this accusation came out, I immediately believed it 100%. But as a huge fan of Joss Whedon's work, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, pretty much everything that he has worked on, I have been a fan of. And I found myself wondering, as I'm sure many fans have have uh, been wondering, how do you reconcile enjoying the work uh, and the art of this person who is now being accused of such horrible behavior? And without getting into the whole discussion of, you know, what's true, what's not, that's not even what is bothering me because as I said, I believe uh, Charisma Carpenter, I believe all of the women who have spoken out about the behavior that they found inappropriate or abusive at the hands of Joss Whedon. So that's just, that that's decided on, on my point, my part. So then I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, you know, I, I recently re started rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer with the intention of watching Buffy and then Angel in in air or in airing order from the very beginning, so I could do the whole Buffyverse saga on television again. But to be honest, this news really soured that uh, excitement and fun for me, so I've kind of put a pause on that. But in 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 the past few days, I have really started thinking about the fact that, you know, these shows are really fantastic. 
and they are fantastic because they are they tell fantastic stories they're very well written they're extremely well acted and the women who have made these accusations have worked extremely hard to create these characters to bring these characters to life and to create this um this whole world of the buffy verse you know to to reality to us fans so honestly it is very i can't say it's very easy for me it is easy for me to say yes i love a show like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I love Angel and I love Firefly and I love Dollhouse but still be completely disgusted disappointed and um, really really angry at the creator Joss Whedon but you know it's it's not always so black and white for some people um, I can understand the um, the need for some people to just, you know, throw throw out the baby with the bathwater, which I don't try to do, but I can't say that 100% I'm, I'm not guilty of that as well. Um, it is not for me to decide how anyone else should react to this kind of controversy or um, to police what people should listen to, watch, or like. Um, because, you know, we are only responsible for our own individual selves. Uh, so this whole thing about still being a fan of Buffy and Angel and these actresses and their hard work is, is, is easier for me because of um, just how much I respect these women, their hard work, and it's not just, uh, you know quote-unquote celebrating Joss Whedon if you like these shows you're also celebrating and enjoying and honoring the work of these women so that was pretty much uh, my whole feeling on uh, you know charisma's accusations and my feelings about uh, Joss Whedon's work what really inspired me to want to talk about this today which is really the seed of um, why I felt the need to have this conversation, to have this discussion, um, was because uh, just yesterday I caught a rerun of The Cosby Show on some cable channel. And it had been many, many years since I watched The Cosby Show. But as soon as I saw it, I flipped through and I saw it, I stopped and I watched it. And I just really, really, really loved that episode. I remembered it. Um, watching it just brought back all of these wonderful memories from when I watched it as a child. And it also reinforced how important I maintain that The Cosby Show is not only in pop culture, but like in American culture at at large uh, but before I get into what I love about the Cosby show um, I can't help but mention the fact that the Cosby show's creator Bill Cosby is uh, serving time in prison right now for um, 
being convicted of sexual assault against numerous women. In the mid-2010s, uh, numerous women made sexual assault accusations against Bill Cosby, with the earliest dating back to 1965. More than 60 women have accused him of either attempting sexual assault, rape, drug-facilitated sexual assault, sexual battery, child sexual abuse, or sexual misconduct, all of which he has denied, and the statute of limitations had by the mid-2010s expired in nearly all cases. Cosby was found guilty of three counts of aggravated indecent assault and sentenced to three to ten years in prison in September of 2018. He is currently incarcerated at the State Correctional Institution, Phoenix, in Pennsylvania. So, Bill Cosby is a convicted sexual assault felon, and any association with him that people want to completely disregard, I can completely understand. I remember being so proud for a large part of my life of the fact that uh, Bill Cosby and I share the same birthday, July 12th. So anytime anyone would ever brag about, you know, having the same birthday as a celebrity, I would brag about the fact that uh, Bill Cosby and I both share uh, the birthday of July 12th. Of course, once all of these accusations came out and we, we learned how disgusting and repugnant a human being he actually is, that was obviously something that I wasn't really so much proud of anymore and I stopped talking about it. But I can understand why people would uh, be uh, adverse to, you know, talking about The Cosby Show or even talking about being a fan of The Cosby Show. But the fact remains, The Cosby Show was and is a hugely important television show. Uh, for me, for the very first time, I was able to watch on a weekly basis an, afflu an, an affluent African-American family where the parents, one was a doctor, one was a lawyer, and uh, the kids were, you know, normal kids going to school who had normal problems. And it was just like every other uh, sitcom show um, about a wholesome family, uh, but this family was African-American and proudly African-American. They would wear um, traditional clothing. They would be um, very vocal about their cultural pride on the show. And um, while this may sound kind of terrible, a lot of the black history that I learned as a child came from things like The Cosby Show because it wasn't things that I was taught in public school, nor was it something that I was exposed to being, you know, a Mexican-American kid growing up in a very suburban white neighborhood in the Midwest of Michigan. So, you know, when all of the news about Bill Cosby came out and, you know, people were just like, being, you know, very honest about their feelings about how disgusting he is and how they wanted nothing to do with him, you know, it's very easy to understand why people would completely discount anything he'd ever worked on up until that point. And, you know, I guess maybe even I did too. And it really wasn't until I was reminded by watching this particular episode of The Cosby Show that I was reminded that, you know what, 
this show is still fucking amazing. And in spite of the fact that um, its star and creator is rotting in prison for being uh, a felonious sexual assault, you know, perpetuator, the, that does not um, discount the fact that the show is still hugely important. The, the episode in particular, if you're a, if you watched the Cosby show growing up like I did, is the episode where um, Theo was talking about the fact that when he was 18, he was going to move out and he was going to live on his own and he wouldn't need any help. Um, and his entire family, you know, uh, turned turned their home into, quote unquote, the real world. And they taught him lessons about renting an apartment for the first time, getting a loan for the first time, getting a job for the first time, buying furniture, buying food, like a very practical um, story about um, growing up and, and responsibility. And it was just, I remember it being one of my favorite episodes when I saw The Cosby Show originally, and then watching it again all these years later, I was just reminded by you know, the lessons I learned from the show and what uh, a fantastic um, example these characters uh, were of a regular American family who just happened to be African-American. I mean, just fantastic. So there, <clears throat> it's, it's, in, it's complicated. Because again, how do you reconcile someone as terrible as Bill Cosby, what was proven, what he was convicted of, and all this fantastic stuff he'd, he'd done beforehand? There, the reconciliation must come with the individual person. And for me, I can sleep very comfortably knowing that he is rotting in prison while enjoying um, the wonderful life lessons that uh, were taught and are continue to be taught on a show like The Cosby Show. But all of this, um, you know, having to decide what art to, you know, throw out with the artist isn't relegated to just television and film. It is also um, something that, you know, at least I have, have had to deal with uh, more recently when it comes to music. Uh, in a le letter dated January 21st, 2021, California State Senator Susan Rubio wrote to the director of the FBI and the United States Attorney General, asking them both to investigate allegations several women had made against singer Marilyn Manson. On February 1st, former fiance Evan Rachel Wood was the first to publicly accuse him of emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Following Wood's allegations, 10 other women made various allegations against Manson. Again, we have a person who has been accused of heinous, disgusting, criminal, horrible actions against uh, other people, against women. Um, Evan Rachel Wood uh, made these allegations years ago but she never named him and in doing so people were able to turn a blind eye and even even they knew it was Marilyn Manson but they wouldn't talk about it and and I'm one of those people too um 
I will say for sure, 100%, I believe every word that she says about the abuse that she suffered at the hands of Marilyn Manson. And I believe the allegations of all of the women who have come forth to accuse him of uh, assault, sexual battery, whatever. Again, the problem for me is growing up um, in the 90s, the music uh, that Marilyn Manson and his band made was hugely impactful for me. Uh, I grew up as a, you know, pretty run-of-the-mill pop kid, you know, loving uh, Madonna, Paula Abdul, Janet Jackson, like upbeat, dancey, top 40 pop music. But in the early early to mid 90s, my music taste changed. I uh, fell in love with the music of Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, Skinny Puppy, all of these um, harder industrial slash goth like bands. And I cannot deny that uh, my love of Marilyn Manson and his music uh, really shaped the person that I am today. I have seen him in concert many, many times, but I've also been very honest about the fact that in the past 10 years, you know, he's, he's really fallen off and he's really been you know, not even a great musician anymore, but I would continue to go to his concerts because of all the fond memories I've had, I had from seeing him in the 90s and the early 2000s when he was at his peak. Um, when um, the... Charisma Carpenter allegations came out and I voiced support for her uh, on Facebook. A friend of mine who shall remain nameless um, decided to publicly in in the comments of my post ask me questions about, well, did you believe Evan Rachel Wood? Because up until that point, I had not posted anything about her, the things that she said, or the allegations about Marilyn Manson. And I responded by saying that I absolutely believed her and uh, and that I stood by and supported all of the uh, people who accuse others of sexual assault. And then, you know, he immediately very publicly came back and was like, well, do you still like Marilyn Manson? Like, and I'm I, obviously I'm giving the the things that that he wrote on my Facebook, um, you know, emotional inflections. But to me, I took it as I was being challenged publicly uh, by a friend who was trying to, who I believed was trying to trap me into, you know, well, if you believe this person, why don't you believe this person? How can you like this if they did this sort of scenario? Which is, again, getting back to why I hate social media and Facebook in particular, because um, even something as me trying to be supportive about one thing turned into uh, a backhanded accusation about another thing all in the same conversation, which is hugely annoying, toxic, negative. I really hate it, but it's ultimately, this is this is the, uh, the world we live in, especially when we choose to um, participate in social media. So I was, you know, very honest in my response, and the gist of what I said was, uh, yes, I believe her. Yes, I believe that Marilyn Manson is garbage. But I also stand by the fact that you can um, support and like the work, 
the art from these people if you know if it does resonate with you if it's something that um, was impactful for you or is something that you still enjoy I honestly still enjoy uh, the Marilyn Manson music that I grew up with because uh, I loved it when it came out um, it uh, again informed my tastes at the time it shaped the person that I am now and you know it's very it's not easy for me to just say oh, well I can't like that anymore sorry um, some people can and if they can great we can only be responsible for our own individual selves so in terms of you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer I can still like Buffy and Angel and uh, be disgusted by Joss Whedon in terms of the Cosby show I can still find merit and think that the Cosby show is hugely important and still find Bill Cosby a disgusting human being and in terms of Marilyn Manson music I can still say that I genuinely enjoy it and I'm glad that I had those experiences at those concerts with you know um, the, that music and and find Marilyn Manson to be a repugnant person it's complicated uh, it's messy it's not easy but it's it's just the way it is at least for me uh, and the final um, topic and person that I want to talk about is the singer Morrissey who was the lead singer for the Smiths and then became a solo artist and became one of my favorite uh, artists. So just a little background about Morrissey. Um, for his entire public life, Morrissey has exhibited uh, enduring anti-royalist views from his teenage years and has fiercely criticized the British monarchy. In a 1985 interview with Simon Garfield, he stated that he had always despised royalty and that royalist sentiment is a false is false devotion. So he's always been a very political person, and the first sorts of political things that he was very vocal about was the fact that he was anti-royalty, anti-Queen Elizabeth, and anti-the royal family. Um, in more recent years, in 2013, Morrissey said that he had quote nearly voted for the UK Independence Party expressing his admiration for party leader Nigel Farage and endorsing Farage's Euroscepticism regarding UK membership in the European Union. Because Morrissey was um, vocal about his, his support for um, the United Kingdom staying insular, maybe getting out of the European Union, people perceived that as racist and I am not going to argue, you know, British politics, what is racist, what is not. Um, you know, if I'm sure that my opinions would be very different if I was British, but ultimately my point is he has expressed um, support of uh, right-leaning politics, right-leaning political figures, that you know in this country are 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 um, is a political platform or our political beliefs that I s strictly reject. Um, so again, I can understand why um, some fans who are you know extremely liberal or um, or 
at least left-leaning, might feel very um, disappointed or uh, just would not be in support of, of any kind of political belief like this, even if it came from someone like Morrissey. Um, in June 2019, Morrissey rejected further accusations of racism against him, saying, quote, the word is meaningless now. Everyone ultimately refers to their own race. Does that make everyone a racist? End quote. At a Dublin concert in June 2004, Morrissey commented on the death of Ronald Reagan, saying that he would have preferred if George W. Bush had died instead. So he's always been this iconoclast um, and, you know, for whatever reason, whether he's saying them seriously or to uh, be controversial, he has always been very political or he's always expressed very um, strong political beliefs. So it, it wasn't even relegated to just British politics. You know, this quote about um, how he wished George W. Bush had died instead of Ronald Reagan extends to the fact that he's lived in America. He is aware of like American politics and, and that is... Uh, what he believed at the time, I'm sure it's what he still believes now. Um, in in other in another aspect, Morrissey is also a, a very very staunch animal rights activist. Um, he has been a vegetarian since the age of 11, and in uh, 2015 he announced that he was full blown vegan. Um, he uh, in in 2006, Morrissey refused to include Canada in his world tour that year and supported a boycott of Canadian goods in protest against the country's annual seal hunt, which he described as barbaric and cruel slaughter. In 2010, Morrissey gave an interview where he said, quote, you can't help but feel that the Chinese are a subspecies due to their horrific treatment of animals. This quote about Morrissey claiming that the Chinese people are a subspecies is referred to many, many times when people point to the fact that they believe that he is racist. Again, I'm not going to argue one way or the other. To me, it has always been very clear to me that when he called the quote-unquote Chinese people quote-unquote a subspecies, he's referring to the fact that they're, you know, their animal they have no animal rights and they they slaughter and eat you know various animals which we do as well so i again not to make the argument but when he made that claim or made that statement that the chinese people were subspecies it wasn't about the fact that he was being racist i don't believe it was about the fact that he was saying that they have no animal rights advocates to speak of or advocacy to speak of. And um, that label of subspecies, he would label to anyone who, you know, indulged in the meat industry sort of thing. So again, all of these things taken in some has really soured uh, the man himself and his art to many of his fans, former fans, and non-fans. And again, I can take all of that information, whether I agree with it or not, and still really, really love his work with the Smiths, and I really, really do love all of his solo work. I mean, I can't help it. 
His music is fantastic. His music has been very important to me my whole entire life. It still is. His music is music that I turn to probably more than any other artist. That's not to say that I listen to him the most necessarily, but there is a comfort in going into the catalog of the Smiths or going into the catalog of Morrissey's solo work and just relishing in the songs, the music, the lyrics, the feelings, the emotions, everything that I get from listening to music, um, what I love about it so much, I can find and take comfort from in the work that Morrissey has put out over the years. So absent his political views, absent his animal rights views, absent all of that, um, I still love and enjoy his music. So, you know, ultimately what I'm getting at is we live now in, in, in a very, uh, I will say revolutionary and very important time because of social media and because anyone can have their say about their personal experiences, things that previously were secret or not reported on, uh, can be brought out into the light, can be brought out into the forefront, and can be a part of the public discourse that we all have. All of this discussion of uh, the, these sexual assaults that have occurred have been going on forever. And up until a certain point, they were swept under the rug, they were lied about, they weren't even reported on in the first place. And because of social media, victims now have the ability to have their voice heard. They're not always believed, they are maligned, they are attacked, uh, for sure. Charisma Carpenter has been attacked, for sure. Um, uh, Evan Rachel Wood has been attacked in light of their allegations, but still they were brave enough to to have their say and enlighten the rest of us about what they've experienced. So yeah, that was pretty much what um, has been on my mind recently. And uh, that old rerun of the Cosby show yesterday just sparked in me the need to talk about this. And while sitting down at my computer thinking about the best way to get this out, um, nothing really uh, felt like it was going to fit the bill unless I was able to have an honest conversation. And here I am uh, bringing Pink is the New Podcast back from, the, um, from its hiatus to breathe new life into it and to let me have my say. Uh, my plan moving forward for this podcast, um, I, I do think I want to keep it going because as I said, um, while I find my, my weekly music podcast very, very fulfilling and very, very fun to make, I mean, it really, really is Spooky Electric Podcast. Go to SpookyElectricPodcast.com and check it out if you are unaware. Um, while that exercise has been hugely, hugely fun and exciting for me, 
you know, there's this whole other side of me where these pop, this pop culture news and these pop culture uh, moments happen and I don't really have the outlet to express myself. So I feel like um, I want to keep uh, my pop culture conversations going and I'm going to uh, use Pink is the New Podcast to do that. Uh, my plan and this may change, but my plan is to uh, publish an episode at least monthly. So at least one episode a month from Pink is the New Podcast and uh, while still doing my weekly episodes of Spooky Electric um, where I can gush about my favorite music topics. Um, so that's where I'm at today, uh, February 17th, 2021 talking to all y'all again here on the podcasting airwaves. Um, yeah, I I have to admit, I, I feel better having been able to, you know, think about what I wanted to say, jotting down a few notes, and then, you know, sitting in front of a microphone in front of all of you and, uh, and having my discussion, so... Uh, hopefully this was uh, something that was um, relevant to you. Maybe you're feeling the same. Maybe you agree with me. Maybe you disagree with me. I'm easy to find. Uh, uh, Trent Venegas on all social media platforms. Feel free to reach out to me if uh, if this topic inspired something in you or there, there's more that you want to talk about. Um, there's a Twitter, there's an Instagram, there's Facebook for Pink is a New Podcast. I would love to uh, carry on the conversation there. And um, yeah, so Pink is a New Podcast Season 2 is now officially uh, underway. And uh, until uh, our next topic and our next meeting, probably next month, uh, I hope you have a uh, fantastic fantastic time days weeks i hope you are well until we speak again um i love you all and uh yeah bye